whether you have e-com, service-based business, or you have info products, it doesn't matter. If you're not mastering email marketing combined with SMS, then you've got a leaky bucket. Phil Rivers is on the podcast today to break down how you can plug those leaks and effectively turn leads from lead magnets and things like this, whether it be organic or paid ads, into customers by leveraging email and SMS. Enjoy. Phil, man, I am pumped to have you here. And what I want to talk to you about is most business owners, they're getting traffic from both paid sources and organic sources. So you have people coming in, but oftentimes they're falling through the cracks, right? No matter how solid your business is, there's like leaks in your funnel, so to speak, right? Where people are following through. And oftentimes if you don't get people to take action immediately, like they may not ever take action. So I'd love to break down from your expertise, what's the best thing you're seeing now? Because I know you work with a lot of people doing this to take those inbound traffic sources, both paid and organic, and like most effectively, like get them into being actual customers in the business. Yeah, man. Let me take one step back, talk about it from like a philosophical standpoint that we can drill down on more some more tactical things. But if we think about it on any given day, right? Anyone site, they're getting traffic paid organic, right? And only a small fraction of those people buy on any given day. Let's just say it's 5%, which is high for pretty much every business. But let's just say it's 5%. That still means 95% of the traffic that was paid for, either with dollars or effort, walks right out the front door, okay? And then what are we relying on to get them back? Paying Zuckerberg or Google to retarget them again. And the, the cycle continues. So where I think, I think email and SMS get overlooked as modalities, as ways to communicate, nurture, and drive sales because they're old, they're not sexy. I always say they're the George Costanza of marketing. <laughs> and so fundamentally, I think it's really important to know that most people don't buy. Most people are, they clicked or they're there for some reason, so they're quasi-interested. How do we capture that intent so we can control the conversation to mitigate dependency on these other channels we have no control over? Fundamentally, that's the approach. So the first step to that is actually getting them to opt in so you can continue the conversation. Generally speaking, like that's just, you know, capturing a lead in essence that's done with some sort of promo or some sort of like um, high perceived value lead magnet or a piece of content. And then I think a lot of people, they don't pay that close enough attention to that. So just to give some numbers for people so they can compare and contrast to what they're doing. What I see is on a page, like if it's a website and there's a pop-up on the site, for example, to with the lead magnet or an offer, that should convert at minimum of 5% of all viewers should give you their email for that with the goal of finding an offer that gets 10% or above. Now, if it's a dedicated landing page, that those numbers should be higher, more so in like the 20 to 35% range. And But then it's like, okay, what do I do with the email once they opt in? And this is where a lot of people also have missteps because they don't really think about the user experience or what their desired outcome is. In your opinion, is it better to go for the email address or the SMS? I think it's dependent on the business, what they're selling, the nature of their avatar uh, that they sell to. Because like, for example, like SMS isn't widely as widely accepted as a marketing modality as email is. Email has been around forever. We're conditioned to accept messaging there. Whereas SMS, it's, people are more sensitive to it. It's newer, et cetera. Some things are really easy to sell in the modality of SMS. Others aren't. Like if I was trying to sell someone cloud hosting solutions for their law firm, in a text message, it's going to be pretty hard to do that, right? Would you say SMS works maybe better in like e-com type of scenarios, more lower ticket e-com? Yes and no. Again, I think it's the fundamental nature of what's the underlying product being sold and how it's sold. So like, you know, if it's something that's being sold on the phone, the SMS could be used through the, the modality of like a salesperson to get them to book a call 
Whereas, or in e-com like you're describing, to have them sort of like transact or use that as no doubt, to have them click and go to cart. At the end of the day, it's it's just a modality to communicate with people to get them to act just like email is. Um, but that's why I think the avatar and what's being sold is so important because it dictates like the approach that you take in the modality of SMS. So it's sort of a, like a loaded question, loaded answer. But I would say, what I always tell people is SMS is a swims in the wake of email. Very few businesses are equipped from a product standpoint, avatar standpoint to lead with SMS. Very rare, right? Like maybe, I don't know, some of these Gen Z brands, very, very well positioned. The rest of us, it's like, it should take a backseat. And you also can't say the same things in in that modality that you can in email. So I would say it swims in the wake or it's a force multiplier of email, but 99.9% of businesses that I look at, I believe should prioritize email first, get that fundamentally sound, and then start to test SMS rather than the opposite way around because the email is so much higher leverage and people accept it. Got it. We get their email address or their phone number, whatever the case may be. Let's probably just say email for for this conversation. Where do people go wrong when they get it opt-in? Like where's the breakdown in most businesses that you see after the opt-in? Yeah, great question, man. So I think a lot of people, they don't really put their shoes, they lack empathy for the people that just opted in. They don't really think of the, the journey perspective of it. So if we think of like, okay, what's for the business, what is the desired outcome? Obviously it's a sale, right? And so if we look at, this is the avatar, this is what's being sold. And then I always look at like, there's a spectrum of time in the business that once someone opts in, we have, it's like a ticking time bomb. We have a certain number of days that in which the overwhelming majority of people that opt in will buy. And if we don't get them to buy, by that time, the probability that they do becomes virtually zero. So I see a lot of brands, they either do virtually nothing from a follow-up standpoint once they get the opt-in, like there's no concerted effort to get them to convert in this window of time because they're not thinking about it or they don't even, are not even aware of it, or they waste the messaging that they do come up with talking about themselves or the brand or to this sort of like romanticizing the story about them, thinking that is what will get people to move. But if you actually look at the performance or the analytics, it very seldom do those types of messages get people to take action in the finite window of time. So I think that when people opt in, it's really more of like a bottom of funnel sort of frame or approach to the copy, like the way the copy is structured to get them to act because we have a limited time and then save the brand story stuff for later if their signals show you that they're not ready to buy or once they buy so you can have a deeper connection with them. But at that point, it's like they opted in, like show them what you have to show them and to get them to buy within that window. Otherwise, you're screwed. So are you saying almost like don't pull your punches and try to like, like sweet talk them into it? Just say like, here's what I do. Here's how I help you. Or here's the thing that we sell or whatever it is. And just kind of be more upfront with and it. show them like, offers about that thing. Yeah. And b- versus like dancing around it and getting to it on like email. Trying five. to be BFFs. Yeah. Like, let's just hypothetically say opt-in is day zero. We have seven days that the overwhelming majority of people will buy. And so if you're telling the, the second, third and fourth emails are all romantic about you and they're not, they're not focused on like getting people to click and buy, you wasted three days. So I look at it like, okay, they opted in for an offer to some extent, or even if it was for a lead magnet that was content related, but how do you start to show them offers really quickly to get them to buy? Because again, we have a limited window of time to convert them. Can we dive into an example of like what makes a good, like maybe first initial or first few initial emails? Like how can someone effectively structure their email so that they can actually get people to not just read it, but actually take action and and, like interact with their business more, purchase something, et cetera. 
Is right. there like a formula or a structure that you see that works best? I know what we're talking generalities. Yeah. Like we could try to pick a specific type of business if that'll make it easier to answer. What types of businesses do the overwhelming majority of the listeners have? Uh, let's use a service-based business. Okay. So would you say that they transact on like their selling book a phone call? A lot of uh, people are going to be more info product based. Okay. So selling in a cart, but they're selling info. Okay. So what I would say is like people either they opted in for something like, uh, let's say they opted in for a, a training video, a VSL. Okay. Deliver the VSL and get into the pitch uh, immediately in that email of just like, yo, this is what I do. This is who we help. Like this is the avatar we're targeting. Next email. Talk if assuming they're not, oh, they're selling it, they're selling the full product. Then I would say start to communicate the value prop of like the product they're trying to sell. So you could talk about either people either want to move towards pleasure or away from pain. So from a copywriting standpoint, like copywriting is the most underappreciated art form that there is. And so I think like put yourselves in the shoes of the user. They want they want to move away from pain. So tell the story, like uh problem agitate solution through that frame and the value prop. And show the offer very clear, like buy this, this solves it, buy it. The, the job of these emails, Ryan, is to get them to click back to the page, ultimately. Like the page, emails can't do all the selling by itself. If the page sucks, it'll hurt conversion rates, but that's a whole other conversation. But I think it's about communicating the value prop and aligning it with the problems that the market has or their desired outcome, their heaven island. And then as the, the window of time sort of like progresses, so we go from day four to day seven, we're going to have to start to hit harder on the offers. Because the, the offer we showed them before obviously didn't work if they're getting to that stage of it. So that could be either a bigger discount, add in a bundle, like bundle something, uh, do a gift with purchase. But you have to reframe the offer to increase the perceived value to get them to buy within the seven-day time period that we have. As you get deeper into that seven-day sequence, do you become less concerned about an unsubscribe and more like okay, if they don't buy soon, they're probably going to never buy. So we need to like throw everything we have at this. And if they unsubscribe, cool, they weren't going to buy anyway. Is that like a lens that you view this through or no? Pretty much. I think like the unsubscribes, I'm not that worried. Like if it's something way outside of out of, outside of KPI, then it's, then it's uh, concerning and it's worth looking into. But let's just say if it's for, for something like this, selling info products and people opted in and we're trying to get them to buy in seven days, if the unsubscribe rate is 1%, which is higher than it should be, I'm not really concerned about it, given the nature of the funnel, what we're selling, all these things. And I think a lot of people get tripped up thinking that like, oh, if they're here, eventually they'll buy. But if you look at the data, that's very much not true. And so it's people like telling themselves the story like, ooh, I'm just like saving them for a rainy day. They're going to pick up at some point, but it doesn't happen. So the way that I look at it is like, if they don't want to be here, I don't want to keep them. If I'm not adding value to them, then there's no way they're ever going to add value back to me. So what's the point? And at some point, it just becomes a vanity metric of like, I have a big list. How great am I? But if they don't buy, who cares? Because it's all that's what it all that matters at the end of the day. Yep. So I think people need to shift their perspective on that stuff. Yeah. Love the insights here. Are there any kind of get into some tactics here? We were talking a lot of strategy there. Are there any things within the email itself that are increasing click through like the way you present links, like hyperlinking things versus like in, in a text string versus like pulling it out and having like, is there any things that help us or increase our metrics as email marketers? The overwhelming majority of people aren't email marketers, right? And so I think the people get tripped up on these little tactics, but fundamentally they're just flawed. Meaning that like, they're not thinking about things from an empathetic standpoint 
and what the outcome is for the business and the time frame, or even just being consistent sending campaign emails. Most people don't even do that well, well enough. So, and therefore, like the tactic is just a band aid to cover up the real fundamental stuff that they're not doing well, if that makes sense. So, I know that's like not really an answer. So, like directly, I can say that all the ideas that you had about how to present the links, I've seen it work every way. And not one more than the other. I think it comes down to like, what is the audience accustomed to seeing? What is the business selling? What have they done before that maybe it's been overkill? So it's, if they switch, just switch something simple like that up, they'll see an increase because they went so far down the, 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 the rabbit hole on the other side. But I think if we take a step back, most people aren't marketers, email marketers especially, and they're not consistent enough. And if they just do that, the tactics um, are something to leave for another day. You're just chasing your tail, worried about that shit. I want to wrap up with, you know, you said SMS falls in the wake of email. So at, at what point would you start to leverage SMS? So if we're t- let's talk about like the seven day sequence that yeah. we were describing. Would SMS come into play in there, assuming we had their phone number as well as their email? Would SMS yeah. play off of any of those emails or accompany them in any type of way? Again, it all comes down to the business. So there's nuance to it, right? Uh, but I would say like, I mean, in the seven day sequence, initially day one, day three or four and the last day tied to the same sort of angle that we emailed them about, obviously, in much fewer words. And you could obviously be like what I like to do is take more sort of like a empathetic or service frame with it. Like, hey, you downloaded this thing, wanted to make sure you got it for the first message, not selling too hard. T- two days later, be like, hey, we sent you uh, sent something about X, Y, Z. Um, here's the link in case you missed it. Hey, dude, uh, I've noticed that like you've been here for a week. Just wanted to make sure you saw this offer. By the way, it expires tonight at midnight. So there were touching on offers in there, like and talking about the sort of creating some urgency, but using it to complement what you're doing on the email side, not doing 50 words like your mom would send a text message. It's not going to (laughs) work. I, I love it. I love it, man. I think this was fantastic, dude. You gave some some great insights into leveraging uh, email and SMS uh, in in campaigns to ultimately get people to to buy more stuff. And as business owners, that's the only way we keep the doors open if people are buying stuff. So uh, fantastic insights on a very underutilized, two underutilized platforms, right? Email and SMS. So Phil, man, thank you for uh, for sharing. Where can people connect with you? Just find me on Twitter at the Phil Rivers, P-H-I-L Rivers, the Phil Rivers, and then uh, go tetra, G-O-T-E-T-R-A dot C-O, no M. Got it. If you want to learn more about us and if you need help, hit us up. Cool. Love it, dude. Appreciate it, Phil. Hope you have a good rest of your day, buddy. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you, man. Hey, before you go, real quick, real quick, take a screenshot, shoot this over to a friend. That's how we grow the show. You share it. I keep producing awesome content. Deal? Deal. Oh, and by the way, If you're ready to create your own content funnel, head over to contentfunnels.co and snag a time on my calendar today.